0: Get ready to start your new morning ritual with our new sponsor, Mudwater. Coffee is one of America's favorite beverages with more and more people starting their coffee habits every day with a cup of that flavorful anxiety juice. But let's be real, have you ever heard anyone say, I'm working on getting more coffee into my life? Millions of people complain about the jitters that come from coffee consumption. Our morning coffee rituals can be habit-forming, and for some people, can make getting a good night's sleep almost impossible, and while nearly all of us like the smell, taste, and ritual of our morning coffee, why not explore eliminating the negative aspects of our morning brew? Well, what if your coffee replacement helped induce alertness not dependency improve mental capacity and function improve physical stamina and performance improve immunity and overall health oh and by the way it tastes good enough to drink every single day meet mud water mud water is your fastest growing coffee alternative in the market consisting of organic ingredients lauded by cultures both old and young for their health and performance benefits with one-seventh the caffeine of coffee mud gives you the natural energy and focus you expect from coffee but without the jitters and crash With an organic blend of mushrooms and ingredients like cacao, marsala chai, turmeric, lion's mane, and more, Mudwater offers a beverage like no other. Whether you want to enjoy it hot, cold, as a latte, or however you take your coffee in the morning, Mudwater is the zero sugar, zero crash, zero jitter alternative sure to leave you feeling recharged and refocused. Listen, I'm really excited to have Mudwater as a sponsor here on The Brian Nichols Show because I've been able to see the Mudwater difference for myself, and you can too, so click the link in the show notes. To get some mud, support the show, and get your new morning ritual started right with Mudwater. And now, onto the show. Can I pause for a second and just note that uh, we got Brian on here, who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Well, hello there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. I missed you on Monday. Well, I missed you because, ugh, truth, okay, here's here's the dirty little secret, right? Uh, podcasting is not a perfect profession because uh, things happen. Like, you know, audio not recording again because of a software update and you just didn't, uh, you know, have the right mapping uh for the the audio source long story short we had a great conversation uh with joe selasky who is running for uh congress goodness it's been a long day folks governor here in uh, pennsylvania and joe and i my goodness it was a what 30 minute or so conversation only for my amazing audio man bill to let me know uh brian i only have your audio and i said oh well it's one of those days. I see. So, uh, what we are going to do is we're going to be doing that conversation again, uh, Joe and I, on Friday. Um, so, it will, will be recording on Friday, hopefully airing uh, early next week. So, if you guys are looking forward to that conversation with Joe Salaski, make sure you uh, tune in for next week. But you are here today because we are talking about how we impact the culture, and that is with one Brad Lyon talking about his brand new movie. Let's party which focuses on changing the conversation about how we vote in terms of looking at our electoral system namely looking at it do we only have two parties that we should be voting for well brad argues no and his new movie is making the argument as to why that is so without further ado onto
1: the show brad lyon here on the brian nickel show hey it's great to be here i appreciate you guys uh taking the time and helping us spread the word Absolutely. Well, spreading the word is the absolute
0: goal here of The Brian Nichols Show. Our mission is to educate, enlighten, and inform, and what we're trying to do, sell some liberty, and that's exactly what you're doing over at your amazing new movie, and it is Let's Party, uh, focusing on how us pesky third-party folks out there can actually uh, you know, make a difference in, in the world, and in this case, Promote liberty, uh, which is the goal here, of the Brian Nichols Show. But that being said, Brad, let's kind of do a quick intro though before we start talking about "Let's Party." Um, obviously, you must have some political leanings to be doing a more overtly third-party um, movie focusing on liberty. So, kind of introduce yourself to the audience and what got you wanting to do this awesome brand new movie, "Let's Party."
1: Well, you know, there's there's no mistake in the fact that I do have my own political leanings in a certain manner. But with that being said, what's important for the sake of me creating a quality film is to not let the bias of my own views get into it. You know, the job of this film isn't about one party. It's not about the Libertarians. It's not about the Greens. It's simply about giving a voice to all parties. As a matter of fact, it's not even truly anti-Republican or anti-Democrat. You know, for the most part, I believe in, you know, every member of their party should have a chance to have their voice or two. Uh, The problem for, you know, their own parties is, in the case of their parties, they don't even get to have their voices barely heard anymore, you know? For them, it's not so much about, let us do what what our party members, our constituents want, as it is, let us just scare you into having to vote for us no matter what. You know, there, there was years ago where when you watched a campaign, the campaign was truly about, here's my platform. Here's how I plan to attempt to make a change, whether that is the case or not. You know, today it's about, you absolutely can't vote for that other guy. You have to vote. You have to show up. You have to vote for me. And when it comes to, you know, even voting third parties, the old adage is now uh. You know, if you vote for a third party, you're voting for the other candidate, which is obviously completely ignorant. But when they spend so much time and money and effort selling that concept to their own constituents, and as a constituent, you, you become locked into the belief that the, your party is telling you the truth because you want them to be telling you the truth. You want to be on the same team. And if you're on the same team, your captain isn't going to be misleading you. So you truly try and convince yourself that they're they're really being honest with you. And that's really what Let's Party is about. It's about simply providing factual evidence of what the two major parties do to suppress third parties. And when you take a look at the actual factual evidence of what happens in our country, you realize, oh, we've got two major parties who are simply suppressing third party voices. And these voices could actually be of value. And most importantly, simply having more options would force the major parties to do their job because you'd be forced to actually succeed at the things you're doing or you would be replaced because as long as there's only you know two strong parties, it's very easy to point at the other one and be like, hey, you might not like the fact we haven't made any significant change. You might not like the fact that we haven't did all the things we promised to do, but you don't want to vote for that evil one on the other side. So there's no choice. That's why it's all about trying to give a choice.
0: Well, and right there, right, giving a choice, creating options in the marketplace. And, you know, if if we're going to, you know, be the libertarians that we are here at the Brian Nichols show, uh, because by (laughs) and large, our audience is, is predominantly libertarian. But I mean, that being said, you know, it is on us to have to kind of play this thorn in the side role. But also we do have an uphill battle. And I don't think a lot of people realize, Brad, that it really is a stacked deck against him. I mean, I had uh, Mark Walzick, who was on the show, um, and he's an assemblyman up in New York. He's a Republican, but he's more libertarian leaning in his his political leanings and such. But he was saying how, you know, in this brand new bill for New York state, they're they're trying to sneak in, um, you know, bills basically wiping out third parties. And, and people don't realize this is the, the part that it does make me so frustrated is because the two major parties do this in behind secret, you know, dark. Uh, smoke-filled rooms and when it happens your average person's like wait what really and and they have no idea that it took place because i i can't believe right i think your average person they're not really politically aware like your average political junkie is right they're kind of just what passively aware if not just kind of living their own life they're not really focused on who i mean i forget who it was i think it was um Jay Leno used to do a, a thing where they'd bring somebody, or like a man on the street segment, and they would send somebody out to ask, you know, who's the Speaker of the House? And they would have, you know, no idea. Who's the Vice President? And they would have <laughs> no idea. Who's the President? You're asking during the Bush administration. And they're like, um, Reagan? Clinton? And, <laughs> and But here's the thing. That's not untypical, right? Your average person is pretty just there. Like they they live their life and they're just focused on putting food on the table, right? You know, kind of going from point A to point P, going through the motions, and they don't see this, you know, the the, the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, really. They, they, they have created this big, gigantic Leviathan, but it's just being held up by these two archaic, and you know, I would say very backwards in, in the types of their policies, parties in the, the traditional duopoly that is the GOP and the Democrats. I'm curious, Brad. I say all that because obviously, you know, it's an issue, we identify the issue. And you're offering an alternative uh, solution to said issue. But we still see the GOP and the Democratic Party, respectively, holding on to a very firm base of Americans somewhere in the ballpark of 40 to 50 percent who will uh, end up casting their vote for either the red team or the blue team every two to four years. So I gotta mm-hmm. ask you, right, how did we get here? How is it that we can identify this problem and and call it the problem that it is? Well, the rest of America is so quick to jump on Team Red, Team Blue, despite this very obvious and very, um, I guess, shall we say, easy to understand uh, basic fact.
1: Well, you know, the the reality is a lot of people just simply like being bad wagon supporters. You know, a lot of times it's simply I want to vote for the team that's going to win, not necessarily voting for the team that's going to support me or help me. Uh, So, you know, when you when you look at mentality of this is the most likely winner, it's so much easier to be like, OK, look, I'm part of team winner. That doesn't mean a third party isn't necessarily a team loser. But the reality is the person who gets the most votes wins, you know, and, and that's just the simplistic aspect of it. So, you know, that's your first ideology you got to get over. But I mean, not to get into a religion topic, but I mean, if you think about yourself as you know being born into a family, your family's going to have specific beliefs, you know, especially religious beliefs. And quite often those things are going to be instilled on you from birth. So as you're raised in that process, you you come to believe those things to be factual, even when there's not a strong foundation to base it on. So as you are born into that and you grow into that, your your motivation is to find information that supports that ideology. Not to not to dispute it. You know, Let's Party isn't gonna solve all the problems in the world by any means. Let's party is simply actually being sent out marketed to traditional voters, just simply to say, hey, look, let me bring some awareness to you. Let me inform you what your party's actually doing. And here's the funniest part, guys. They're not evil for that, per se. When, when, when you're a campaign manager or your job is and you're hired as part of a political party to basically create a foundation of success, you're simply out there doing your job. They're just doing their job well. I mean, heck, the the, the biggest lie that they're they're making people believe is the fact that they're the original parties you know they're they're not actually the original parties they were third parties who managed to do this and now what they're doing is they're saying hey this is how we got there let's paint what we did as being not possible (laughs) you know let's do the exact opposite and convince people what we did just can't happen even though we're literally living proof you know republicans and democrats are both living proof that third parties can succeed
0: well, not only that, it speaks to just the value of an open and free marketplace, right? Whenever, and it's funny, I was just over on uh, Mark Claire's Lions of Liberty, sneak behind the Patreon wall because this episode hasn't aired yet. Um, but you're talking about this, right? Your average person is a Pepsi or Coke person. Mm-hmm. But there's a big group of RC Cola people out there. And it's funny, we were on the show and, and he looked on Facebook and there's groups out there dedicated. To rc cola but guess what your average person still if you say hey do you want a cola they're gonna say sure you yeah, pepsi or coke right and and that's right. just the fundamental basic you know reality of where we're at but we know that if tomorrow coca-cola accidentally has a vat of their coca-cola kill 10 million people guess guess who's gonna go out of business pretty fast Coca-Cola. Well,
1: you would think, but heck, we're a country where we poison our own people like we did in Flint, but we're still voting for the people that poison the people. Well, and there you yeah. go,
0: right? So you and you're from Flint. I, I was doing That's some research true. and I saw that. And, and you get to see firsthand that, well, when there isn't a, an option for you know the government to compete against someone who's can offer a better service, or in your case, just not poison their constituents. Well, guess what? There's nobody to really hold that government accountable. And in, in the marketplace, you know, if it's it's a Coca-Cola versus Pepsi, well then guess what? Probably the next best flavored soda. That's closest to Coke is going to fill that, that void in the interim while a competitor joins the marketplace. And that speaks to going to your point for let's party, right? That speaks to the value that these third parties are bringing to the table. And we see this, especially in the Liberty movement, right? You look at Republicans who will talk a good game, uh, or give at least lip service to the, the concepts and ideas of liberty, but then you actually have libertarian candidates who are running like unabashedly libertarian. And mm-hmm. if you're in an area where that libertarian is speaking to the libertarian issue, that's actually a hot button issue for your community. Like maybe it's you know privatizing trash collection service, right? Because the city's been dropping the ball on collecting their trash, like we saw here happen in my home city in Philadelphia. We went, I think it was four and a half weeks without trash being collected at one point during the peak of the pandemic. So, if you're the rapid libertarian and you make that your one issue, well, guess what? You can now push the Republican candidate more towards that issue because either they have to take that more libertarian approach to it or they're going to have to yield it to you. And and that's going to actually push some people away from you in casting your vote. So again, it speaks to just the overall value of this open and free competitive marketplace because it will incentivize people to, number one, do better. But number two, actually stand by what they're saying they're
1: supposed to do. I don't disagree with that one, one bit. You know, one of the things too we have to remember, regardless what third party we belong to, is the absence of not marketing specifically to the major parties. We have to market to Republicans. We have to market to Democrats. We actually have to go out and do what they used to do in the 50s and 60s, you know, and that's actually campaign based on a platform. But also, I like your aspect of, you know, the single the single uh, topic issue there is, you know, there's a l- lot of opportunity to push for specific change in specific areas that people want. Your average voter only becomes politically motivated in the United States because one particular topic wound up hitting them directly. We were talking about it right off the bat. Most person isn't politically minded. They wind up interested simply because they have one particular topic that's sitting close to home. And then they go out and find the party that's you know supporting that particular topic. Otherwise, they stay home. People don't vote in the United States. We do a horrible job of showing up. And to top it off, we do a horrible job of motivating the, the independent voter. You know, the largest voting body is not Republican or Democrat. Even now, even after this horrible election we just had, you know, the largest registered voting uh, number is independent registered voters, not Republican or Democrat voters. You know, the, the people exist to actually vote for alternatives. You just have to motivate a populist to actually believe in that. And the simplistic concept of motivating a populist begins with advertising and marketing to them. You know, one of the things I often see fail by a lot of third-party um, candidates is they push their marketing, they push their speeches, they push their reach out to their own registered supporters and not outside of it. And I hate to tell you, even just talking to the Libertarian Party, you only have 600 and some thousand registered voters uh, that are Libertarian registered voters in the United States. Last time I checked, that's not going to beat 70 million.
0: Correct. And if I were to go to... A libertarian group and I were to say talk to me about civil asset forfeiture or I go tell me about the non-aggression principle I would say nine times out of ten there would be a you know reply on on there a a chain of people telling me exactly what it was in a heartbeat right Mm -hmm. if you go to your average person and you say what's the non-aggression principle they're gonna say the what and you say, What's your thoughts on civil asset forfeiture? And they're gonna say, What's that? And exactly. that and that is it speaks to you're almost talking a different language, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've been trying to promote is meeting people where they're at. And this actually goes beyond just talking about the issues that the people are having, you know, in their lives, and you know, whether it's that, that bed bug issue, you know, how are we putting food on the table, little things like that, right? But also when we are able to to enter into the conversation in the the medium that they're most familiar with and and you're approaching it through a culture a cultural approach using in this case film and i think that's exactly an approach we not ne- not only need to take but we if we don't take it we're actually going to be going backwards because here's the the dirty little secret the other two parties they are infiltrating the culture through film through whatever media forum it can be. I mean, goodness, Ben Shapiro just did a, a feature
1: film. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got uh, two major box office films that were literally uh, oriented around the concept of elections. You know, that just came out with the past couple of years. You know, they spend the money constantly creating high production value media. Now, when, when the common person starts Googling on their computer, right, when they start typing and they're searching for their particular issue. You know, they're their one issue that's making them decide, all right, maybe I will go ahead after I've not been listened to it by my fellow Republicans or have not been listened to by my fellow Democrats. And I'm gonna go ahead and just for the shits and giggles, I'm gonna take a look at the Green Party or I'm gonna take a look at the Libertarians or ASP. And they start to take a look at them. And then they're looking for media because guess what? We're simplistic people, especially your typical non, you know, your your traditional voter. So they're looking for a piece of media that they can watch, you know, a movie they can watch, something they can watch. And if we continually show them these, these low-end pieces where, we, where these people will think like, wow, this is the best example this party has, obviously they don't even take themselves seriously. And when you use that type of example, you will never motivate a traditional voter. That's why Let's Party is so, so important on a certain level is the fact it's giving third parties quality media that gives a contrasting and educated view on the situation without like shoving the message down their throat. Like we're actually going out, we're creating a narrative film that's a hybrid documentary. So that's some pure boring documentary because here's the reality. Most people couldn't give a shit less about watching a documentary. You know, yeah, there's a, a few million people in America who's going to go out and watch one every now and then. And there's half a million people that's going to you know be dedicated. But guess what? Half a million people doesn't win elections. But there are millions of people that will watch a narrative film. And that's why this film is a narrative film that simply takes people on a voyage with the central character where he goes out and says, hey, you know, are third parties actually viable alternatives? And if so, could they actually win? What if we actually did support them? What if we did actually just simply show up and vote? that all it actually takes? You know, answering and fulfilling those simplistic questions to a traditional voter changes a traditional voter's mentality instantly, because all of a sudden we're like, oh, wait a second. Yes, I heard this and this and this, but... Well, here's a couple just plain black and white facts. And knowing these black and white facts, maybe it's worth supporting a candidate that believes in my views.
0: Yeah, well, right there, right? Maybe it's worth supporting a candidate that actually supports my views. How often do we actually hear people be able to say that? Actually, it's funny you say that. I had Ian Dunt on my show. Ian, he is um, from the UK. He's a regular over on BBC and uh, he, he's what you'd consider more of a, a classical liberal in the most most classical of sense. And when I had him on my show, he had a very interesting quote. It struck me funny because um, I never really thought about it. But he goes, in, in his, his British accent, he goes, you know, Brian, I, I never, and I'm not even going to try to do a British accent because I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> but um, he goes, I've never had the luxury of voting for someone that I like. But rather, I often vote, I entirely vote, on trying to prevent the worst possible outcome. And my goodness, I mean, how powerful is that when it hits you? Because it it makes you really all of a sudden take a step back and think, your average person probably thinks the exact same way. Because they look at Trump as orange Hitler and they looked at Biden as you know the the second coming of you know Mao's you know great uh, cultural leap forward over in China, but only here in the United States. So naturally, both sides of the political aisle are looking at the other side as the greatest boogeyman possible. So they're mm-hmm. voting entirely out of fear. Now, me as the sales guy, right? I know entirely emotion sells, and then people ra- rationalize that with logic and reason. So I'm always trying to think, okay, well, how can we? focus on the emotions that are going to sell the most. And un- unfortunately the emotions that do sell the most right now are fear. So I hear your average person. I hear Ian Dunn saying the things that, I mean, just reaffirm what we know to be true emotion sells, and fear is the, the most intense emotion. So if it's not fear, it's love, right? So let me ask you this. If we're losing the fear game, we, and we will lose the fear game because right now the people who have the, the control are the ones, the ones at the guns, right? So let me go off
1: there for one second before you go further on that. We're not losing a game. We're not even playing. Amen. We have to sign up and participate. Yes. But we're not yes. participating. We're shit right now. Okay. The, yeah. the reality yeah. is we're not playing the game. We're talking to our handful of our own voters, not with no intention of actually believing we're going to win. That's a great point. Yeah. Our, our candidates are not going out there battling. Matter of fact, our campaign plans Are some of the most ridiculous plans i've ever seen and i hate to tell you guys this i'm from that world i spent almost a decade representing and winning for candidates all right here's the difference i ran campaigns that won and the reality is none of these campaigns are trying to win they have no interest in trying to win they're just adding their social popularity in the in their tiny little circle i mean not not to attack a particular candidate or or a particular plan but Driving a bus around a country to places like Alaska, hoping that we'll somehow win over votes in in particular states that there's absolutely no chance of, you know, turning electoral by staying there for one day, that is not campaigning to win. You, it's not really that complicated to even potentially, you know, be competitive. When, when there's three or more potential parties, which you have to look at yourself as a candidate each time as three or more suddenly – Because there's already the two. So all of a sudden, you no longer have to win 270, 280 vote electorals. You don't because there's a multitude of you. You simply have to get your larger base of a third. So now that you know that mathematically, they've actually set up the board for you brilliantly. You can thank the Democrats and Republicans. They've isolated a whole bunch of states that you don't need to take the time to and go win because you can't. But there's a whole bunch of states that have a massive independent voter base, that have a massive both blue and red base that fluctuate consistently year in and year out. And if you spent the time showing up to those states, spending the limited dollars that we do have advertising in those states so that they actually hear your words and you show up and you talk to Democratic and Republican potential voters as well as those independent voters, you have a shot because you don't have to win 50 states. You have to win 15 when there's three to plus parties and it can be done, but not when you're doing ridiculously stupid campaigns.
0: And you have to focus on the issues people care about, right? So let's take, for example, something that's close to home for you, right? If somebody were to run for office in Flint, Michigan, under the, listen, we're actually going to solve this crisis. We're going to, we're going to solve the Flint Michigan water crisis. That would be huge because you guys are going on nearly a decade now with this being a problem. And that would be astronomical. In terms of building credibility with not just that constituency base, but establishing some credibility as a, a not just a, a group of people in an ideology, but in a party in this case, because I mean, here's the reality. People are looking for that resume for better or for worse. And right now, we really mm-hmm. if you're you know a third party candidate in general, we don't really have too many people we can point to as successful Candidates with that resume until they're, you know, they build up the resume within that two party system and then they decide to, you know, jump ship, usually in the last you know parts of their career, which is great. Like if you want to go out in the principled stance, that's awesome. And I encourage people to do that. If you're a part of the, the major two parties, then then by all means, like you know, take that step because it does require us to have the people who do have that cred, right, to to take the step first. Because the average person, they are kind of looking to be, you know, guided at the very least to the right direction or what they think is the right direction. You know, that's why, for better or for worse, celebrities have so much credibility, right? And and because people have this emotional tie to them when they watch their movies, I, I used this analogy last week, they look at Tom Hanks and they're like, I trust Tom Hanks. You know, I, I I feel that when Tom Hanks says he has a snake in his boot, my goodness, he does. And as the, the person seeing Tom Hanks now saying... I, I support Joe Biden. And and I was like, well, I must support Joe Biden because I, I like Tom Hanks, right? And that's, we, we poli- like political folks, we're like, that's insane. But your average person's like, yeah, I get it. Like, I like them as a person. Like, that actually means something to people. Mm-hmm. And and we have to, instead of saying, it shouldn't be that way, we'll stomp our feet and we'll put our fingers in our ears and we'll scream <laughs> until we're blue in the face. Instead of saying that, we, actually, we have to acknowledge it, right? And, and we have to play that game. So, I'm going to say this, as we go for the end of the show here, you're in film, you're in you're in the the industry, right? I've been trying to think of a way that we can get past this kind of um, roadblock that that is this this celebrity roadblock, right? And just kind of always being told, you know, the ideas of of really individual liberty are bad, right? We need some people I think to stand up in in the culture, and I'm curious, just based on your kind of knowing probably the industry better than what 99.9% of the listeners here in the Brian Nickel show, including yours truly. I, I'm curious. <laughs> I so. Yeah. I'm curious. What do you think could be maybe some, some cultural leaders that we could start to, to point to and raise up as we move forward here, trying to actually make some, uh, some substantive change moving forward.
1: Well, I'm about to break your heart here. Uh, I would love to uh, pretend there's a list of people who are gung-ho and ready to go to battle, but one of the toughest decisions that I faced in my filmmaking career was moving forward with going ahead and doing this movie. Because in the world of entertainment, your political views can be a death sentence. You know, Los Angeles in and of itself is highly a Democratic, highly a blue region. If you speak out against the Democratic vote in, in that area, you're ostracizing yourself. Uh It's far even worse if you're going to do something crazy like make a film that supports third parties. I mean, heck, I... uh I lost a directing gig for this year, the moment, uh, and and for a reasonable reason. I don't disagree with them. They came to me and said, hey, look, we're paying you to do this film. You're not going to make crap of money doing this movie. You know, it seemed more logical for you to take this gig. It's not that they were anti the views of the film. The reality is they don't want to change their movie coming out with me attached as the director with the concept that I'm the guy who directed the third-party movie. I understood their perspective. I'm not angry at them. I've also lost small investors on which are my normal group of teams. As I as I produce each various film, we have small investors, and they they combine to finance our film. I've had some of them back out on us because of this, and they gave me the ultimatum: just don't do the movie. We love being part of your team, just don't do it. And I, and I had to think about that for a minute, and that's why to answer your question, there's not a lot of them out there. There's really not because the majority of the ones that are are very polarized, Um, and that's simply by having an opinion. You know, the Roseanne bars of the world, you know, a lot of these people out there, um, their careers got destroyed when they decided to share their political beliefs. I mean, you can't find a a red entertainer that's a a major mainstream um, celebrity anymore. Uh, Tim Allen isn't even anymore, for Pete's sake, because he, you know, uh, believes the way he believes. So I would love to be able to say, here's a list. And I'll tell you what, our 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 industry is very close to it. You know, even with a little guy like me who's been a producer on 30 plus films, I've met most everyone along the way because we're nomadic. And when I might not be a director on something, maybe I was a PA on something, you know, and I've had a lot of interactions with amazing, fantastic individuals who are opinionated, but at the same time know that their job and their career is on the line if they take that shot. So there's not a lot that'll jump out. You know, the reality is we have to make it safer for them. We have to be willing to be a little less uptight, a little less vulgar to every single person from the outside of the group. We have to be the friendly and inviting groups to where supporting the friendly and inviting thing doesn't make them seem so evil or polarized to the other sides, you know, and right now we don't do a good job of that right now. There's a lot of people in some specific parties that, that prefer to never worry about winning They just want to be able to bitch about what they believe in. They don't care about advancing. They just want to be able to complain.
0: Oh, wow. Every single libertarian just went, wow, is he talking about us? And I think everybody. I sure was. Everybody's ears are starting to ring collectively. But how about this? Here's here. We'll we'll wrap up on a a call to action. Right. Because it is indicative on us to make sure we're going out of our way to not just engage in more, um, you know, more civil discourse, more empathetic discourse, engaging with people we wouldn't normally engage with. Right. Um, But it's also important that we support folks out there in the media who are taking a stand, doing things differently and uh, leading by example, which, Brad Lyon, of course, you are doing Let's Party. Where can folks Thank go you. ahead and follow this, my friend? Obviously, we want to make sure we, we lead people to uh, go ahead and, and give it some, uh, some eyeballs. So where can folks go ahead and find this brand new uh, awesome film?
1: Well, the easiest way right off the bat right now is simply go to Let'sPartyMovie.com. As many of you guys know, we actually were running an Indiegogo campaign for a while. And here's the great news from that front. Uh, Right before the, uh, the end date of the campaign, we wound up so viral and so popular for a minute, we became the number one crowdfunding film in Indiegogo in the world for a day. Then the number one creative film in the world for a day. Number 14th overall in the world for a day or two. And that enabled us to be go in demand. So our campaign is actually still up and running because Indiegogo came to us and said, hey, you guys did a great job. You're popular. We're going to keep you know running, which is fantastic because we still need the support. You know, your average film f- from the year 1999 to 2018, the average movie made in the United States and Canada was made for 18 million dollars. I'm making a movie right now for less than $50,000, <laughs> you know? So to come out here and make a quality film and be competitive and make something high end, it's very tough on that budget. So, so anytime you can go out and go to let's and buy a t-shirt or get your name in the creds or do something to help support this movie. It gives myself and my crew a better shot of making a great film. And that's all that we're asking, you know, just support those people who are willing to go out there and fight for you. Just like supporting Brian's show here, you know, he's out here trying to be a voice giving people like myself a, uh, you know, a chance to be heard. So please, you know, support Brian's show, tune in. If uh, there's contributions to the show or sponsors, you know, sponsor his shows too, because we need media willing to put our voices out so we can be heard. You know, the one great thing about this film is we won't be so reliant on third-party spraying the word. You know, we will have the ability of, you know, having it on Amazon Prime on being able to share it to a vast audience. And then it's just going to come down to if the the film's quality enough that people want to, you know, watch it, support it, or if they can digest the message enough. Um, and with that being the case, I'm very hopeful that it makes an impact. So please check out let's party the movie.com, you know, support all those other, uh, podcasters like Brian out here, you know, doing their part to get the word out there,
0: oh, man. Oh, and by Flint. the
1: way, I haven't been in Flint in a long time. So please don't, uh, for the audience out there, I'm not an, um, uh, Michigan resident anymore. I don't mean to imply that it's been no uh, nearly, uh, you know, closing on a decade since I lived
0: there. Well, hey, you know, but it's still home sweet home, I'm sure. Cause I know I'm from the middle yeah. of nowhere, upstate New York, and it's still home sweet home to me. I actually just had, as yeah, I say, my assemblyman, Mark Walzak on the show. And, and being able to talk about these kind of issues with people. And again, you know, talking about people who actually can make a difference, right? And and that's where it starts, as being able to have these conversations. And to your point, right, it's supporting the people who are going out there and trying to be the difference makers, right? It, and yes this this is a a labor of love we don't do this just for you know the the, the rolling in cash and I'm still waiting for my my coke box to, uh, to to make it to my bank account still haven't gotten the right routing number yet I guess but you know we we still um need to make sure that we are supporting each other so with that being said what I'll make sure I do Brad is I include all the links to uh, not only let's party but also all the other work you've been doing um, over there you've been doing phenomenal work thank you for all the work thank you. Uh, helping raise awareness getting more folks aware that yes third parties are not just us out there, but also a viable option to make things better. Brand Lion, let's party. Thank you so much for joining the Brian Nichols show. Thank you, Brian. Before we wrap up, I want to tell you about an amazing new podcast. You longtime listeners of The Brian Nichols Show know him well, and that is one Brad Palumbo in his stellar new program, Breaking Boundaries. Join Brad as he interviews top writers, politicians, and thinkers from all across the political spectrum to give you a new perspective you won't find in the mainstream liberal media or right-wing echo chambers. From guests like Rand Paul to Glenn Greenwald, Brad is having conversations and focusing on issues that are driving America with the people who are in the driver's seat. So... Head over to your favorite podcast app, hit subscribe, strap in, and be prepared for some wild food takes like Rand Paul and his Grand Mayonnaise Conspiracy. Again, that's Breaking Boundaries with Brad Palumbo available in your favorite podcasting app today. All righty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Brad Lyon, the movie Let's Party We'll include the links to Let's Party in the show notes. Please go ahead and support Let's Party, but also support that Indiegogo. Um, it is still active. And hey, let's give a Brian Nichols show bump. Show folks out there that yes, um, you know, we are able to put our money where our mouth is, and we are able to support these organizations and these uh, independent uh, media makers out there who are going out and fighting the good fight, uh, making the movies, making the podcasts, making the the films, making the the documentaries. They're doing what we need to do to help change the culture. So I implore you, please go support Brad and all the great work he is doing at his new awesome movie, Let's Party. And also, folks, if you enjoy what we're doing here at The Brian Nichols Show, well, here's here's the, the truth, right? We don't charge you anything now. Granted, I would absolutely implore you if you are looking to help support the Brian Nichols Show. Well, you can absolutely click the um, the PayPal link here in the show notes. Give a one-time PayPal donation to the Brian Nichols Show five, ten, fifteen dollars. What do you find a uh, value of the Brian Nichols Show? I would appreciate a donation. It goes right back into the show. Um, or uh, if you wanted to uh, instead pay maybe five dollars of time, five minutes of time instead. How about that? Uh, head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and review, and just tell folks, you know, why you subscribe to The Brian Nichols Show every single week. Why are you downloading three episodes every single week to be one of the tens of thousands of downloaders and listeners of The Brian Nichols Show audience who return to learn what is it we're doing here, educating, enlightening and informing, and hopefully you guys are leaving with that value, and if you are, I'd love to hear about it, so please go ahead, five-star rating and review, and if you want to make that one-time PayPal donation, the link is in the show notes, I am forever grateful for whatever you're able to do it to help support here uh, at the Brian Nichols Show and the missions that we have going forward throughout 2021, and with that being said, if you want to get in touch with me, well, you know where to find me Twitter, Facebook, and minds.com at B Nichols Liberty. And go ahead and tag me at B Nichols Liberty. I'll go ahead and give you a retweet, share, or whatever it may be. Also, if you want to get in touch with me, email me, Brian at BrianNicholsShow Show.com. Coming up here on Friday, we have. In store for you, a great roundtable conversation about ranked choice voting versus approval voting. Yes, we're going to be discussing that with our friends from the Center for Election Science. Aaron Hamlin returns to the show, and also we're joined by Kyle Bailey, who helped lead the charge up in Maine to get their ranked choice voting system into action. So it's going to be a fun conversation. We're going to have a lot of uh, edumacation. It's going to be one of those nerdy episodes. So get your, uh, your thinking cap in store for you on Friday's episode. Don't miss a single episode. Hit subscribe. But guys, with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off you're on the Brian Nichols show for Brad Lyon. We'll see you Friday. Thanks for listening to the Brian Nichols show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.